And good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It's a special Sunday night show on October 29th, a rainy, rainy night in New York City. And our special guest is P.J. Dixon. I'm going to bring him in in a few moments. And uh, he is uh, a.k.a. the love guru. He's a great guy. We had some uh, trouble technology-wise on Wednesday, so we're redoing the show tonight. And I can't wait. And we have lots to talk about. But very quickly, let's first uh, just cover the guy's guy's world. And we're going to add a new segment up front called the – we're either going to do the guy's guy or the anti-guy's guy of the week. Then we'll bring our guest on. And then we'll take a quick break, and then we'll do our Guys, Guys, Guide. Uh, This is going to be, uh, tonight's feature is going to be things for guys to invest in. You know, we're in such a disposable uh, economy where you buy stuff and, you know, you use it up and you throw it out and things don't last. But there's certain things, um, you know, the, the government and everybody wants to get you spending. But there's certain things you can just buy once and they last a real long time, like like a really good watch. That's just an example. So we're going to get into that later on. But let's talk about what's going on. The whole, as you know, the whole Guys Guys brand started with my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love. It's the story of two men in advertising competing for love, sex, power and money. The books on Amazon and you can still find some bookstores and uh, you can get the digital copy or the hard copy. And uh, then we set up my blog on robertmanny.com, M-A-N-N-I.com. And you can catch me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and every place else in social media. And of course, my blog, uh, my weekly blog, and um, every podcast of Guys Guys Radio is for free. You can download it and subscribe to it. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on TuneIn Radio, and of course, Blog Talk Radio. And uh, feel free to call us if you have a question always at 347-945-5834. And uh, all of our podcasts are free. Uh, If you want to help us out, go on to iTunes and give us a rating or a review. It really helps out a lot. And uh, enjoy my book. So, that's that. What's happening? Well, right now, uh, I said rainy night in, in New York, and it looks like all the football games on the East Coast were uh, impacted by the rain today. I was watching uh, some of the Jets game. I had Jets tickets today, but I didn't feel like standing. My, co- my seats are not covered, so I'm not going to sit there and watch the Jets lose in the rain. I've done that before, <laughs> and I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> unless it's a really big game and uh, there hasn't been a big game for a while. So anyhow, uh, rained out on the jets and they did lose, they did lose. And now we have the Cowboys are playing the uh, Redskins right now. They're playing in the rain and the bills played the Raiders in the rain and just rain up and down the East coast, uh, uh, Patriots and the chargers, lots of rain. So anyhow, it's fun to watch football in the elements. And as it gets colder, we'll get some snow games, etc. cetera. Uh, elsewhere, we've got the world series knotted up at two, two between the Astros and the Dodgers. Um, and that brings me to my anti guys, guys of the week, Duriel. Uh, there's a uh, first baseman. His last name is Duriel on, uh, on Houston. Great player. He hit a home run the other day off you Darvish, who is half Japanese, and I think his dad is like Iranian. And um, in the dugout, they caught uh, Duriel uh, you know, pulling his eyes back, like kind of making a slanty eyes thing. And he was saying uh, something about Chino or whatever, uh, which is obviously a racist. Uh, he's from Cuba. 
Um, still no excuse, but it's obviously a, a, a racist uh, action. And they asked him after the game and he said, well, in Cuba, we always, you know, we call anybody Asian Chino or Chinito and which means like little Chinese boy. Uh, still no excuse. Sorry. So Major League Baseball, people were in uproar. Major League Baseball um, has uh, suspended him, but they suspended him for next year, five games at the beginning of next year. And uh, I think he should have been uh, suspended one game for this World Series, like tonight. Tonight's the uh, pivotal fifth game. And you know what? He should pay the price now. The first five games of next year doesn't matter that much. They've got a whole season, 162 games. This is what counts. And this is when he, he, he did that, that action happen. And so he is my Doriel. You're the anti guys guy of the week. So uh, hopefully as you, you Darvish said so eloquently, you know, people learn, they have to, this, this is a disrespectful thing that he did, but hopefully he'll learn and let's move on. I thought that was very classy by him. So, you Darvish is our guy's guy of the week. So we've got a guy's guy of the week and an anti-guy's guy of the week. And what's a guy's guy? It's kind of an updated version of a man's man, but more casual. Um, a guy's guy has uh, emotional intelligence. A guy's guy has casual confidence, uh, timeless style. He's fun. He's a good friend. He's a good lover. And uh, that's what the whole guy's guy's brand is all about. When men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. Better men, better world. That's what we say here. And Guys Guys Radio, we've been around for a couple of years now. We've got, uh, this is, I believe, our 247th podcast. And we have a terrific guest tonight. And I'll bring him out in a moment. Let's just t- touch quickly on um, some of the other anti-Guys Guys, all those, uh, all those men who have been accused, uh, allegedly, of uh, this sexual, these powerful guys who, who have been so... Uh, horrible to women in terms of how they uh, just kind of demand sex from them. And they don't understand that no, no means no. And uh, you know, the Harvey Weinstein's of the world, uh, the Bill O'Reilly, um, this guy on MSNBC, Rob Halpern, I think his name is, um, and more and more, a James Toback, a director. And just the, the list is just going to keep growing. This is the dam breaking, I believe. And uh, you could say Donald Trump with some of his actions in the past. So he says all the women who have accused him of sexual misconduct are liars. But we heard that before. So those are also some more anti-guys guys. Uh, it's just no excuse for this type of behavior. I mean, Particularly, these guys are in such powerful positions. Don't, don't, don't they know how to romance a woman? Don't they know how to respect themselves and respect women that they have to just like pull their pants down and start chasing these women around, the, around their hotel rooms? It's just, it's pathetic. It really is. And it paints a bad brush on the, all the good guys and all the guys guys are out there because a lot of women are, say, are now saying, and I saw some posts on Facebook, like what's wrong with these straight men? And you know what? That's not a good thing because there's a, there's a lot of good guys. There's some bad guys, but let's not, let's not do what has happened in the past where you pick out a group, whether it's men and women or race or religion, whatever, and some bad apples, as they say, spoil the whole bunch. Let's be careful not to go there, folks. Let's actually value the good guys, the guys, guys, even more when you see some of this horrible behavior from other guys. So, uh, with that in mind, the last thing I'll mention is we've got this Robert Mueller investigation into the Trump campaign. Supposedly, there's going to be an indictment coming down tomorrow. Should be fascinating. 
I think there's a lot of battling going on behind the scenes that we, the people, really don't understand what's going on. And as part of we, the people, don't understand what's going on, you know, this tax thing, just like the health care, there's votes going on, and we don't even know, and there's no vetting of these plans. There's no discussions. They just put it up for a vote, and that's it. Like, I thought these people, I thought these people in the government represent us. We're paying their salaries, and yet they don't even tell us what's going on. They just foist plans on, on, the, on the consumers. It's just so wrong. What has happened to America? It's really sad what's going on now. And unfortunately, you know, we're pointing. It's a long way off, but we're slowly pointing down that brave new world road. And uh, once they get, you know, human cloning up and running, we're going to have some uh, – it's going to be a turned – a world that's turned upside down. So and with artificial intelligence also that, you know, that's like playing with fire, my friends, playing with fire. So let's take a very quick break and then we're going to bring our special guest, P.J. Dixon. Okay, we're back. And as I promised you, we've got a great guest tonight and he's a great guy. Also, his name is P.J. Dixon. He's a lifelong motivational speaker. He's an international life, love and relationship coach, and he focuses on results. He's uh, known as a love guru, and uh, you'll understand why after we talk to him. His credo is love deeply and teach each other to do the same, which is fantastic. He created two different coaching programs. We're going to talk about them. Um, He does have a disability, and we'll talk a little bit about that because it's a real challenge, and he's managed to not only overcome it, he's actually been soaring uh, despite. uh, He, he, I think, has used his disability as as gifts to make him uh, an incredible person. Um, he is a former wheelchair athlete, international traveler, and amateur watercolorist, founder of two nonprofits, just goes on and on. And he's got a bunch of different programs, including 18inchtrips.com, between the head and the heart, and engageinoneyear.com. And also his website, and he can talk about that even more, is pjwisdom.com. So let's bring him on right now, and hopefully we'll get the technology working here on Guys Guys Radio. Welcome, PJ. Hello, brother. How are you? Great. You can hear me loud and clear? I can hear you loud and clear. And I'd love to start by saying this. It's an honor to be on a podcast where a man steps up in defense of women and protecting women and saying, hey, there's also some really good guys out there. I love that you've got the anti-guys guy this week and the guys guy this week. And you're stepping up really promoting that look, there are still some really good men out there. And that's one of the things that I teach the women I work with and the men that, you know, if you want to be um, in a relationship, it's super easy for you as a man to find a relationship as long as you're yep. a good gentleman, right? Yeah, no, there I, are women I agree out there that are genuinely looking for good men. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I actually, uh, you know, as, on, as we all, you know, we're on Facebook scrolling through every now and then. And a, a friend of mine, a very smart guy, former colleague, and uh, he posted um, something that said, what's wrong with all these straight men? And uh, I wrote back to him and I'm not going to say what his sexual preference is, but I think it's it's obvious. And I said, hey, blank, um, you know, uh, you're saying things, uh, you know, painting the straight guys uh, with a brush that says, you know, we're all predators. And that's that's not true. And there's a lot of good guys out there. And you wouldn't want people saying that about some other groups, including gay men. And he Mm -hmm. actually first time ever to show what a gentleman and what gentlemen can do. He actually posted an apology saying, you know what, uh, gay, gays have been called like sexual gangsters in the past. And uh, so it's just an overreaction to that. 
And I, and I didn't want to take on somebody who, uh, you know, may be uh, gay uh, on Facebook because there's, there's no win uh, in that. But I had to step up. Like nobody's stepping up for the regular guy. And I mm-hmm. said, you know what? I, I have a son. He's four. I don't want him growing up in a world where, you know, we, the men are being treated the way women have been treated, which is poorly. So let's, let's appreciate the good guys that are out there and let's reward the good guys that are out there and make them feel as special as they can. PJ, I don't know if you agree, but I think there's never been a better time to be a guy than right now if you behave, as you say, as a gentleman. Absolutely. I mean, we're a global society right now. So there, there's no problem if you're particularly attracted to a particular race um, of people um, or gender. It's so easy right now to be able to connect through the Internet and flying and traveling is so convenient nowadays that it's not hard to connect. And now is a great time and especially not only a great time to be a really good guy, like a guy's guy, but it's also a great time to represent that being a guy's guy, being a real true gentleman, where you started yep. out earlier, like somebody who is kind to his children, who's a good lover, who is a friend, a good friend, like all of these things. That's so important because we need our boys to grow up to understand what it means to be a good man. That's so yep. important. And we yep. need the women in our lives to feel whether they're our sisters, our friends, our lovers, right? We need the women in our lives to feel safe. That's so important That's right. that women feel safe. Mm-hmm. You know, I always like to say that this is there's never been a time where men have never been more free to be whatever they want to be or whoever they want to mm-hmm. be. Yet mm-hmm. it's never been a time that it's been less clear who men really are. That's a fascinating so. conversation, actually, because what we're talking about is authenticity versus the expectation of masculinity. And mm-hmm. ex- uh, authenticity is one of the hardest things in the world to do. Right. Because we're so uh, conditioned throughout our lives to behave and think and act a particular way. And we see certain people get the the women or the men, certain people make the money and other people don't. And so part of that conditions how we see ourselves. And then that um, authenticity gets filtered through the expectations of the society that we've been living in. And so nowadays it's so actually demonstrating that. There's a softer side to them. There's also the yeah. masculine. The masculine hasn't gone anywhere, you know, right. in some cases. Mm-hmm. But the softer side is now starting to be revealed, which is amazing. So we're seeing relationships that are lasting longer and healthier because there's more communication. Men typically are not good communicators, but we're seeing that men are actually stepping up as better communicators. And part of that is there's more accessibility to spirituality. And I don't mean religion. I mean, like, real authentic spirituality, what works for you. Men are uh, allowed to cry nowadays. If you're openly gay, you can be open about it. You don't have to hide anymore. Mm -hmm. And we have so many um, young men and men that are even my age, I'm 48, who were raised by single moms. And so when you're raised by that single mom, you're raised with that sense of kindness and compassion. Typically, I'm mm-hmm. being obviously stereotypical, you know, but there's that, that sense of kindness and compassion, that, that feminine quality that allows you to be able to access your emotions a little bit better. And that creates a semblance of balance. 
Yes, that's that's so true. You know, it seems like uh, the way things are going, you have to, you know, we look at trends. Uh, my background's yeah. in marketing and advertising, and, you know, trends are trends, are trends, and they usually point to what's going to happen unless something else occurs. And uh, the way the, our society and our culture is set up right now, if you look at the educational system, two things are going on. One, the uh, girls are doing better in school and getting more educated. Uh, and And two, the way the education system is set up the template for learning uh, definitely favors girls uh, with the way they learn versus little boys. And Mm -hmm. I think what guys like you and I, PJ need to do is be voices for men in that we don't want to see men get, you know, in the future, men being subjugated because um, could happen. Women uh, are now finally getting um, the long overdue recognition. It's slow, but it's happening and it's still happening. Not fast enough. And there's a lot of ground to be made up. But um, guys are a little bit lost. At least women are together. They're on a trajectory. Guys, a lot of time, guys, you know how we are. We're like lone wolves. We don't share that much with each other. We just do our thing. And men can fall way far behind. And particularly with all this bad behavior, too, which just pisses women off. We could we could find a uh, matriarchal society. Uh, not in a good way. It could be a good way, but it may not be in a good way if if we don't if everybody doesn't take a breath and step back and say, okay, let's appreciate good people. Yes. Let's foster good behavior. Let's not make it about men and women, and let's right. Uh, right. let's understand that young girls and young boys learn differently. Yeah. Uh, their behavior is different. I have a four year old, and I can see in school and pre K and all of that how the guys behave. And how the girls behave and how they learn, and it's very different. The girls are more verbal. They, uh, you know, they work together. There's more collaboration, just like it is sometimes when they're adults. And the the boys are, you know, they're 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 blowing off steam. And in other countries, uh, I think uh, Finland or Norway, some one of those uh, Northern European countries, they actually uh, every half every half hour at school. They let the kids just go wild for like, you know, about 15 minutes and then they get back together again. And I'm seeing that's happening more and more. But um, we are so uh, structured here that um, it, it's really working against uh, little boys, I think. Uh, I don't know. What's what's your sense? I don't know if you put too much thought to that. Well, I think that there's you're saying an awful lot, right? There's the masculine mm-hmm. and the feminine complement each other. They're not opposite of each other. They complement each other. And the first thing that you talked about was this level of respect and appreciation. So if we're able to identify um, a level of appreciation and support of each other, we won't have to watch the pendulum swing the opposite direction where it becomes a, um, a, a matriarch against male, right, against the, the masculine. Right. Um, as it has historically been the other way, a patriarch really uh, keeping women down. Um, so I think as long as there's that level of respect and that level of appreciation, <clears throat> I think we're going to be okay. But what's important is that part of that level of respect and appreciation is that men continue to step up as partners within their relationships, as partners within the corporation. Um, and they step up, you know, at school. And so they're not just like out doing their own thing. So we do need to teach some sense of teamwork to our boys. Um, And I love this idea of the 30 minutes on, 15 minutes of crazy time, 30 minutes on, 15 minutes of crazy time, right? Because they're children. They're not really designed to sit in a school. Little girls can do it typically better than little boys. But, you know, every individual person um, 
has their own strengths and their own methods of learning. Yep. Um, what what's going on with this thirty fifteen thirty fifteen? It's sort of a um, a uh, modification of what's called the Pomodoro technique. The Pomodoro technique. Um, Pomodoro means um, means tomato, right? And so it came from yep. this idea of this gentleman who would um, set his tomato timer, right, um, mm-hmm. for 25 minutes, and then he'd take five minutes off, 25 on, five minutes off, and he would just do strict focus in those 25 minutes. So this idea that we're doing with children, one of the beautiful things about that is it allows them to be authentic and crazy in play, and then it teaches them to be flexible so they can come back and be focused, and then it's a short-term focus, and then they can go and be playful again. And this is really – this is teaching them flexibility. It's teaching them focus, and then it's allowing them to release, and then focus, and then release. And so I think this is – I think we're going to see some really positive um, effects from that long-term. Yep. Good point. Let's uh, – yeah. let's, we, got, we got us to such a flying start. Let's take a couple <laughs> of steps back to the beginning, All right, PJ. Let's do it. Um, let's do it. Um, tell, us, uh, tell us about – first of all, for the audience, um, and I know most people listen to podcasts after the fact, and I see the stats, so I know. But if you're there and you're listening now, give us a call. Uh, question for PJ, 347-945-5834, 347-945-5834. But let's start at the beginning, PJ. You have a very interesting background. You're a very dynamic individual. I mean, some of the Thank things you. I just touched on, I mean, you you have a, you know, a disability. I don't know a better word for it, so forgive me, but you're an international traveler, watercolors, nonprofits, 10th degree black belt, martial arts, and women's <laughs> self-defense instructor, meditation teacher. Uh, amazing. So tell us your story, kind of what happened uh, and what was your uh, tipping point in terms of like knowing who you are and what you want to do and then how you've been doing it. Hmm. Great question. So the um, consolidated story is that I was born with a very rare form of muscular dystrophy that was expected to take my life by seven. At the age of 12, um, there were 25 people in the world that had what I have. So if I had to have wow. something, I got something cool, right? Um, mm-hmm. So um, there are two different um, kinds of nerves in the body. Um, there's the uh, muscular nerves, and then there's the uh, sensory nerves, right? The ones that feel, that allow you to feel and taste and touch and, and smell and things like that. So um, my, my muscle nerves are impacted. So the brain message doesn't get to my muscular nerves, which means that my body atrophies. So I weigh about 80 pounds. I'm about, if I stood up, I'd be maybe five, one, five, two in my wheelchair. I'm only four feet tall and about 80 pounds. So I'm a little dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a crazy curvature in my back where basically my, my belly button sits in my lap and then I curve my back back upwards so I'm sitting upright from like my rib cage up um, mm-hmm. and the reason that happens is because that when uh, when they put me into an, a wheelchair they didn't tell me I used to walk until eighth grade but they didn't tell me that my hip flexors my psoas and my hips the the tendon or muscle that brings the knee up to the chest was going to get tight and that's connected to the lower lumbar and so it pulls my back forward and then I just over the course of time taught myself to bend my back backwards so that mm-hmm. I can sort of be upright um so all that aside like i um was um uh, up until eighth grade i had no problems with little girls but the moment they put me into a wheelchair seventh and eighth grade puberty was really yeah. rough for me 
you know, sure. because all of a sudden I was in a wheelchair. I wasn't walking with my leg braces very well in seventh grade, eighth grade, I went into the wheelchair. And so what I had to learn to do is I had to learn to become friends with all the girls to get their attention. So I wound up being everybody's little counselor, right? For the boyfriends mm-hmm. or girlfriends yep. or family. Sure. Plus my mom herself was a, an art therapist. And so that gave me a chance to really learn um, about her or about, you know, psychology and um, things like that. So um, when I, when I first moved to Tucson, <clears throat> I was 20, I don't know, 28, I think. And I got hit by an SUV um, crossing an exit of a restaurant, knocked out in three lanes of traffic. Um, I was able to tuck and roll. And as I tucked and rolled, the front driver's side wheel came to rest leaning against my pelvis. Two more inches, he would have crushed my pelvis. Now, I wasn't supposed to die that day because and, – and – Three lanes of traffic coming at me. He knocked me into three lanes of traffic. Not a single car accident. None of them hit me. My wheelchair crinkled underneath his car. And I wasn't supposed to die that day because there was an EMT team in the restaurant he was pulling out of. They ran out, um, picked me up. They're like, stop moving, stop moving. I'm like, it hurts. I'm not going to stop moving. They're like, Mm -hmm. stop moving. You can make it worse. And I was like, no, I can't. It hurts. And they were like, can you move your toes? And I stopped moving. And I was like, no, I can't move my toes, but I haven't been able to move my toes since I was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. You know? um, right. so, but then they picked me up and took me across the street and to the hospital. So I wasn't meant to die. I spent four months in physical therapy. The moment that my physical therapist, like four months into physical therapy, he finally was like, PJ, I don't know what's wrong. I've checked the journals. I've checked my books, my, my um, books from college. I've talked to my mentors. I've talked to my boss. He's like, I can't figure out what's wrong with you. He said, I did talk to one of my mentors recently, and he said that it might be that your pelvis bone or your pelvic bone had been popped out of place. Well, sure enough, Robert, my pelvic bone had been popped out of place. He was able to palpate it and figure it out, but you Mm -hmm. couldn't see it in the x-rays or the MRIs because the way my back is curved and the way my knees um, are, my hip flexors are so tight, so I can't lay flat. So I couldn't fit in there, and they couldn't get good x-rays of me. So for four months, I was in excruciating pain. I couldn't sit up. I couldn't push my own wheelchair. I couldn't roll over. I couldn't sit in the bathtub on my, you know, very easily because it hurt. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I couldn't feed myself. Everything that I had known, Robert, was taken from me. And I, at that time, I could lift my arms at the height of my shoulders and hold a bar of soap in one hand and switch it mm-hmm. from hand to hand. I had that kind of strength. But when I'm when I'm down for an extended period of time, I start to lose any muscle that I might have. <clears throat> that was one of the things that I started to lose. So anyway, all, that whole story comes to the, the apex right now when my per, uh, physical trainer or personal uh, physical therapist popped my hip back into place. He's like, dude, this is going to hurt. And I was like, okay. And he's like, hold on and pop. Ah! Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I chose to go through the pain. And this is what message to the men out there, right? I chose to go through the pain. The moment I went through the pain, everything else was gone. All the other pain left me. So boom, pop that hip back into place. It was incredibly painful. But the moment that my hip went back into alignment, right? The moment that our hearts are in alignment, the moment that our um, our actions are in alignment with our authenticity. The moment that we're in alignment with our sense of spirituality, all the suffering goes away. And so mm-hmm. I went through that pain. 
he popped my head back into alignment and immediately I was overwhelmed with the sense of, of appreciation and gratitude. And when you have so much appreciation, it turns into gratitude. And I was so filled with gratitude that all of a sudden I realized that gratitude is also about love. When you have so much gratitude, it becomes love. And I realized that um, 10 months earlier, I had had spiritual experience where a pillar of golden light had come through during meditation and prayer and filled me up. And I heard one word, love. And in that moment, I thought it meant whatever you do in this life, love other people. But Mm -hmm. what actually it meant was learn to love yourself, PJ, so that you can teach other people. And in that Mm -hmm. moment, Robert, I decided to change all of my presentations and speaking to be around love. Now, I didn't grow into that, or I had to grow into that to develop that because I've been speaking since I was seven. So everybody knew me as something else. But now 90% of what I speak about is about love and overcoming obstacles, going through the pain so that you can get to the other side. So what a story. Um, Did you, what was the toughest thing about, uh, I can imagine you're just, you're 13 and then you're being told like, you're not going to be able to walk around. Mm -hmm. Um, Was that, what was the toughest thing you had to deal with when, um, you know, you had, when you learned that you're going to have to face life in a different way than, than most other people? I'll tell you what, that's an actually really good question because that's the moment I realized I was different. As a kid, you mm-hmm. don't really know that you're different, right? You just go and right. play and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Once puberty hit at seventh grade, I was, I was painfully aware that I was different than the other guys because I wasn't able to walk as well. I was falling as I was walking down the hall. The girls weren't attracted to me anymore. And the moment they said they were going to put me into an electric chair, I'm not in an electric wheelchair now, but the doctor said, well, we're going to prescribe an electric chair. I was like, electric chair, it wasn't that bad, right? <laughs> and, um, but that was the moment that I realized, painfully realized that I was different than other people because I wasn't able to gain the attraction of the other girls because mm-hmm. of my disability. And that's okay. why I had to learn to actually become everybody's friend. You know, there's and, actually another story. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. And, and love yourself. I guess you, you probably were beating yourself up a little bit uh, yeah. during that time. Like, what did I yeah. do? Like, why me? And all of that. And then I guess the, you know, uh, true to your, you know, the voice coming to love and uh, loving yourself um, must be so much of an important core to all of this. Sure. Well, you know, despite my disability, I realized young that my disability was because I grew up on stage since I had such a rare form of muscular dystrophy. And apparently I was a cute little kid. um, The Muscular Dystrophy Association picked me up at seven Mm -hmm. and I did a lot of speaking for them on television, on the radio, on stages, um, from uh, in front of uh, fundraising events. So I was constantly working and constantly speaking. So that's all that I knew. And I came to realize early, even in like as early as eighth, ninth, tenth grade, that my disability was a gift to other people. Even though I didn't necessarily like it for myself, it was a gift to other people. So that was one of the things that allowed me to keep an upbeat, positive attitude most of the time um, because I realized it was for other people. But inside, I was struggling, man. Like I genuinely just wanted to be loved like every other, you know, sure. boy, I wanted to be the hero. Mm-hmm. I wanted a girlfriend and that, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing didn't happen for me until I started college. And even then it was slow, you know, and mm-hmm. that was because sure. of where my head was. I could show up for other people, but anytime that I wanted like that kind of uh, romantic attention from a girl, I couldn't do it because I was painfully aware of what I did not have and who mm-hmm. I was not. And so, because, you know, we're all nervous at that age anyway, 
right? It's right. so difficult at that age anyway. But because I was so painfully aware that I wasn't like the other guys, you know, I didn't have the confidence that I needed. Women are great. Mm-hmm. They'll look past the disability. They don't really care about that. What they mm-hmm. care about is what kind of man are you inside? How do you show yeah. up for them? How do you care for them? Got it. Uh, let's talk about – let's uh... – Pivot off that to uh, sure. dating. You're, uh, you know, relationship expert. You're, you're a love expert, but um, a lot of it, you know, uh, for the target group, the young men, women, even uh, GXers, uh, boomers, whatever. Everybody yeah. seems to be. There's so many more single people, and uh, everybody has challenges with finding love. And uh, I found, I was single for so long that nobody ever asked me when I was getting married, even my family at uh, during the holidays. <laughs> And I finally realized why. And I had a lot of long-term relationships and stuff, but it just never felt 100% right. And then uh, the, when the last one ended, um, I took some time off and uh, did the online dating and all of that. And I had a great time. And then I realized, you know what? I have to make room in my heart for somebody else. And as soon as I do that, then it'll all happen. And sure enough, it did, uh, almost to the moment. And I told my mom before... Uh, uh, on one Thanksgiving, I said, I'm going to get married next year. And she said, Oh, great. Who? I said, I don't know, but I know I am. I know it's time. And sure <laughs> enough, I was engaged a year later and I was married to the day a year later after that. Mm. And, um, uh, that's, that's what I learned, but I see. And when, when I was dating, um, I found so many people who didn't know what they wanted and didn't know how to date and were desperate for love. And, what what and now I interview so many uh, relationship experts and I always hear the same type of things. But before I mention those things, I want to get your sense as a real expert. What's going on out there? Why are people having such a hard time finding love? There are two things that are going on. One, uh, and they're intimately related. Number one and most important is people don't love themselves. They are seeing all that they're all of their flaws and faults, and there's not that level of confidence that they need. They're looking at what they don't have versus what they can bring to a relationship. Secondly, it, and that comes from so much media, right? There's, we're overwhelmed by media right now, and yeah. sex sells. You know you're a former marketer, so sex yeah. sells. So we put all the pretty people on the ads, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when we do that, all of a sudden, we're not – you know, we're, we're not that pretty person maybe. And so then I'm not sure that I can actually um, compete with that. So then that, you know, the second piece is that after we realize that, you know, we don't love ourselves and we don't have that level of confidence, the problem is that we don't also have the ability for communication anymore. There are too many options out there. And since there are so many options, people aren't actually giving themselves a chance to get to know each other. And when they do give each each other the chance to get to know each other, then often what happens is they're being friend zoned because they don't feel like, Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. So I'll just be your friend. And and that's the problem, right? Like men aren't being authentic. No one is operating from the space of who am I really? And what do I really want? Right. And so you think they know, 
You think they know who they want, PJ? Uh, or or is part of the problem that um, they don't know what they want, and so they yeah, do this yeah. cushioning and all this, you know, th- there's so much casual stuff. And for the guys, you know, from my generation, I had to, you know, with, hi, my name is Luke, and I buy you a drink. You had to go up and approach women. You couldn't, like, yeah. text them across the room. Mm-hmm. And now you really had to put yourself out there. But that, uh, that built confidence in us. Nowadays, yeah. you can... You know, it's easy for guys to meet women digitally, but just then having a conversation and ha- understanding how a relationship works is a whole different thing. And and do you think that um, a lot of the millennials, they, do they want relationships or they just want to kind of casual and kind of hang out and goof around? What What's your thoughts on what do these people want, these daters out there? What do they really want? Do they want relationships? So here's uh, from the battlefields, from the front line. The women that I'm working with tell me that even the men in their 50s and 60s are coming across as players right now, that all they seem to want is sex. And so mm-hmm. the women seem to be – and I, I don't just work with women. I work with men too. Like I've got a wonderful got gentleman, for example, who is friend-zoned, and he's like, PJ, please help me get out of the friend zone. I really like this <laughs> girl, right? And it's beautiful because he has such a kind heart. Um, but the problem is that right now there's so much access – to visual stimulus that men and men are not in that level of com, uh, com, uh, confidence that they need to be. And so all they really want is they, not all, like a lot of men seem to just want sex. Now that's where mm-hmm. one of the reasons that when you were um, doing the intro and I was waiting to come on with you, I was just smiling. I was like, man, I like this guy. I like what he stands for. I like the guy's guy's radio. I like what's going on because um, I like where you're taking these these guys about showing up and being a good man, right? And so the problem is that um, we're on two different pages. The millennials, yes, um, there's still a lot of, you know, within the male population, men really are very sexually driven. But there are some men who really truly want to be married. And there are some women now that I'm seeing that are like, marriage, no way. Relationship, I don't know about that. And so we're sort of going opposite directions again, right? The problem is, Mm -hmm that there are still some women that still really want to have babies. They still want to be married. They still want to be connected. But the problem is that men aren't being taught how to be men anymore or boys that are growing up into adult males aren't taught how to be men and be responsible and recognize that there needs to be a balance within the relationship. Um, And so what they're thinking about really is just themselves and why not? I mean, it's the past three generation. I want my cell phone. I want the uh, video that I want right now, the music that I want right now, the image that I want right now. It's all accessible. And since I get mm-hmm. it everywhere I turn, the problem is I also want sex right now. And so if you're not going to give it to me, fine, whatever. I'm going to go to the next girl. Right. And yep. the problem is that um, we're still not getting together. Right. Mm-hmm. Women, I think, genuinely, generally and genuinely still want. And even if you're even if you're a young Gen X or right or Gen Y or whatever is next, that women still tend to want to be in relationships more than men do. And yeah. it's not that men don't. It's just that in a man's mind, that seems like an awful lot of work because it requires communication and conversation and effort. And we have a lot of men who are not men. We have a lot of adult males who are not stepping up and actually taking responsibility for themselves. You know, the short, in short, one of the things that we lost is a rites of passage into manhood. And so there's no one teaching boys how to become men. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of, 
growing men's groups out there, which is amazing. And I'm actually in the process of starting one myself, which is fantastic. But um, where is it in grade school, right? right? Where is it in in junior high and high school, right? Because when I was 13, at 13 around the world, indigenous cultures around the world, warrior societies around the world would take their boys and they would put them out to quest, you know, at approximately mm-hmm. 12 or 13 years old. They'd say, go, you know, go out for 24 hours to four days and come back a man. Yep. Go until mm-hmm. you have your vision, until you have your power. My dad put me out at 13, Robert, and he walked away. He left me in the woods and he said, he in essence said, come back a man, right? And wow. then I was quested again when I was, and I'm, dude, again, remember 13 is when I went into a wheelchair. So mm-hmm. he left me in the woods. And of course, my mom was nervous and worried and scared. And my dad was like, you know, probably the best thing that my dad ever, ever, ever did for me was to do that. You know, mm-hmm. where he, the one thing he said was, he'll be fine. Like he needs this. Right. And that's the, that's truly the one thing that I thank my dad for. Because um, he showed me or showed me how to step up like that, and then I was quested again when I came out to Arizona when I was like I don't know twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, something like that, and I've quested a number of times since then. But why am I bringing that up? Because men inherently want to have power, and women want men that have power. And nowadays we joke about you know kind of the the geeks and the nerds of the world are the ones that have the power and the ones that attract the women. Mm-hmm. There's some truth to that. But men, when they have power, they are better men. Now, some people are going to be like, no, that's not true at all. Men with power can be worse. Well, that's true. Ego plus power can be an evil thing, right? right. But mm-hmm. what if this is a genuinely a, a decent human being and the man now has amped up his masculinity and he has a heart? Now he's an even better man. He's 10 times yeah. the man he was before he got that power, mm-hmm. right? Men, good men with power do good things. Let's uh, let me throw a scenario at you that is kind of a microcosm of uh, some of the things I hear about uh, the trials and tribulations of uh, dating today. And that is uh, almost to a person, the women uh, dating experts and coaches that I've interviewed, they tell me that their number one problem that they face is that um, the women that they're uh, who are their clients are too, uh, quote unquote, masculine in the relationship Mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. The conundrum is uh, that they want the guys to a person. They also want men to be men. They don't want them to be macho men. They want them to be guys, guys, as I've described right. it. But um, and then for the guy, they run into the situation they, where, um, let's say a guy's trying to do the right thing. He meets a new woman. He finds out what her interests are. Let's say she likes sushi. He says, mm-hmm. great. I know this great sushi place. He, he, he sets up, plans the first date. And she's like, she knows that she's been to this place because in business, like maybe she's been there three times already. She goes, no, I have this other place. And there's another place you want to go to. No, let's go to this other place. So immediately what happens is he has uh, kind of his, uh, that's a punch in the stomach to him, to his ego. And she's already then um, starting to dominate him in the relationship. Yet she wants the man to be a man. Yet she's not giving the guy, um, the room to uh, kind of show his game and, um, and grow. So thoughts. Fantastic. So let's say I'm the guy in the relationship. It'll be easier for me to talk from uh, a Mm -hmm. first person perspective. I'm headed out um, on a date with a lady and I know that she likes sushi and she's like, 
hey, where are we going for dinner? I was like, well, I know that you love sushi, and I know this great sushi restaurant right around the corner. And she's like, oh, yeah, I've eaten there a few times. But I was thinking, like, maybe there's another one that I, I haven't tried to really love to go. And I say, fantastic. That sounds good to me, too. Why does it have to compromise my integrity? It doesn't. So I say, fantastic. Let's go. So we go. We have a good time. And I say, hey, I want to take you to another place. Right? Now, I make mm-hmm. the decision. I want to take you to another place. Now, I'm leading again. So it's just about finding opportunities for the man to lead, right? If she wants – that's not if, – if we're talking about women, because I get this all the time um, with women that are in their masculine. And they're in their masculine because they're trying to protect themselves. When they have a good man, they want to be in – they really, truly want to be in their feminine. So when they yeah. have the guy's guy, they soften and they, they do move back into that feminine, which is beautiful. And that's where they really want to be. And so it's just habit for them to be if they've been the decision maker for quite a while and they haven't dated for a while it's natural for them to want to be in control because that that's just habit for them so all you have to do as a man is just say that sounds great i'd love to do that because it's a partnership anyway it's a relationship anyway it's right. a conversation mm-hmm. anyway so you know if i'm like hey you know what i've got this great place i want to take you after and um, I wanted to be surprised, so I'm not going to tell you. And she's like, no, 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 I need to know. Well, then I know that we're going to have a bit of a problem, right? But right. if I'm like, you don't need to know. You want to know. If I like her, I can play with her. I can tease her. I can right. change the energy of the mood, right? Mm-hmm. Also, there's this idea where if I stop, like let's say I'm, I'm walking her up, and she's like, oh, I've eaten here before. And, yeah, it's pretty good, but I really wanted to try another place. I could always do something silly like grab her hand, spin her around, and say, I have not eaten here. So let's eat here tonight, and the next time we go out, we'll eat at your place. And then mm-hmm. she's like, oh, uh, okay. Right. right? I spin her around, which changes, which creates a dopamine dump in her brain. All of a sudden, she's like, oh, my God, he's just spun me around. Nobody's done, ever spun me around before. That was kind of fun. I like that. And I say, well, I haven't eaten here. I'd love to try this. Would you mind if we go here this time? And then um, the next time, we'll go to the place that you like. So I, I can I say it. it very kindly and very kindly, you know, um, very gently and very sweetly. It's just a matter of whether or not I'm going to let her um, push my buttons, mm-hmm. right? And if I'm coming at a relationship from a place of giving and I'm coming at a place from nurturing, then I'm and not going to be bothered. And yeah, confident. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I love your answer. That's fantastic. Um, let me throw another one at you. Um, Let's do it. I love it. You know, well, there's nowadays, um, particularly I think it's more millennial driven where there's, there's no filter that like everything's out there. You go on Instagram and there's yep. these, there's so many women, just regular, regular gals who, yep. whether they're, you know, here's every step of my fitness progress and routine and what I eat. And here I am flexing or here I am twerking or, and it's yep. not just one or two. It is thousands of yeah, women and men, just no filter, just putting it out there. What is that all about? It's real easy to answer. Um, men went astray first. And when I say they went astray first, they stopped appreciating women. And when you stop appreciating a woman, um, she feels like she's been taken for granted. Healthy relationships are not give and take. They're give and receive, right? And so there's a profound difference between taking and receiving. And so anytime you're in a relationship where you feel taken for granted or taken advantage of, you're not in a healthy relationship in that moment. So here's the problem. When I say men went astray first, they stopped appreciating women. They started hanging out with just their guy friends. And the women who wanted the attention of the guys, who wanted that love connection, they realized, well, all these guys are doing is hanging out with each other. So I guess I've got to be one of the guys. And, oh, sex sells. And, 
okay, um, so I have to show my body and I have to show every moment of my workout so that you realize that I'm, you know, worthy of your attention. So really what they're doing is women will turn into guys um, and they'll talk more aggressively, more masculine. And I say women, let me back that up to um, high school kids and college girls will start to act, you know, junior high, high school and college will start to act a little more masculine. Then they leave their femininity behind because the more masculine they act, the more attention they got from the men. Got right. It. The problem is in the process, we lost our sense of femininity mm-hmm. and men were only giving attention to women. If we look at all the hip hop videos, for example, and I love hip hop. Right. But if we look at a lot of the hip hop videos, what is it? It's about sex, 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 and one man with right. multiple women. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, when the women see that and the men are like, eh, you know what, if you're not going to be with me, then I'm going to find somebody else. Then women go, well, I really want to be with a guy. So I guess I have to give in. No, that don't give in. Hold your standards higher. This is what I teach women all the time, and I teach men. Hold your standards higher. And when you hold your standards higher, a man who actually genuinely likes you, he's going to raise his game. He's going to um, up-level his, his behavior so he can get your attention. So instead of these women coming from a place of low level of self-esteem or feeling they have to give in to get what they want, you know, which is the love and the attention, they're not going to get love and attention that way, right? And so when they put all of that out, they're just trying to get the attention of a man. And, um, and or they're trying to show themselves as better than the other women out there. Why? So that they can get that connection. Ultimately, all they really want is a love connection. Somebody mm-hmm. said the other day, and I don't remember who it was, that anytime somebody says that they're lonely, right, what people are really saying is I'm not in love with myself right now. And this is really important because when you're not in love with yourself, you're going to look outside of yourself for love. And when you look outside of yourself for love, you will sometimes and often compromise your own standards and your own morals and your own ethics in hopes of just getting some little bit of love and attention, right? Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Whether it's a man listening or a woman listening right now, don't compromise your standards. In fact, raise your standards. Identify what you like. Um, yes, physically, but also identify what you like intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. How do people handle their own finances? Do they, when you fight in a relationship, are you fighting for the relationship or are you fighting for yourself? You know, yeah. are the men holding their women together? Because we all know that women sometimes have breakdowns and meltdowns. A good man is going to be like, babe, hold on, what's going on? Are you okay? And he's going to mm-hmm. hug her and hold her and pull her back together. That means that those women that feel like that man is giving them attention, they're not going to be the ones that are putting their whole lifestyle online like that. Why? Because they don't need to. They're already getting the attention. They're already being loved and nurtured, right? The problem is when you see people like that, you can pretty much bet that there's not that level of self-love at an intimate, deep level. Okay. Let me, uh, this is what I'd like to suggest because I'm really enjoying our conversation and um, the show is, uh, we're getting close. It's gone really fast. So what I would like to do is I would like to invite you back to kind of do a part two because I've got a whole bunch of other questions that I haven't gotten to. Oh my God, that'd be great. But I would also like you now to just uh, tell us about, pick one of your, uh, you know, tell us about, you know, where people can get in touch with you, your social media. And so I want to give you that opportunity. And um, then what we'll do is I'll get in touch with you. We'll find a a date that works for both of us and we'll do it again and keep going because uh, I think this is a great back and forth and a good relationship that we we can develop here. I also want to ask you a favor also. I do, uh, 
I'm doing 365 memes. I do one every day. And um, uh, we're into, uh, <laughs> we're, we're rounding the turn to November. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get a, uh, you know, I, it's like I'm an antenna. It's like incoming. And I get a whole bunch of them and I write them down. And sometimes yep. I'm like, hmm, what do I want to write about today? For instance, this morning I wrote, you ever notice that there's a Mexican restaurant near train stations? Which is true. Whenever you get a time I get off a train, there's always a Mexican restaurant. But something is <laughs> like uh, t- t- throw away is that. But you said something, two things that I would like to, uh, with your permission, just write, build my own meme uh, out of, uh, which is about giving versus receiving versus giving versus taking and also lonely, meaning being not in love with yourself. Would you have a problem if I... Uh, tweak those words and put something up there in my daily meme? No, man. Go right ahead. It's all wisdom anyway. Real wisdom doesn't come from me. Wisdom comes okay. through me. Right? right? Absolutely, man. It's all... And truthfully, brother, don't we just want the world to be a better place? That's the idea. Yeah. If we just want the world to be a better place, you do whatever feels good to you, man. If you know it's going to make the world a better place, do it. Thank okay. you for asking. No, no. I, 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 I need to do that. It makes me, uh, it's just the right thing to do. So tell us about your, your brand, where, where our audience can find you. Perfect. Okay. Um, my social media strategist would be like, I told you, you need to get social media up. I'm the worst social media guy. Apparently I have an Instagram. You got to get on Twitter, man. I got to tell you, you got a lot of wisdom. You got to get on Twitter and PJ wisdom is perfect for you. So you got to get on Twitter. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. So, okay. Um, if people want to find me, the best bet really and truly is pjswisdom.com. That's pjswisdom.com. Um, that's my website. You can also find me at engaged in one O-N-E year, engaged in one O-N-E year.com. And actually, the engaged in one year, <clears throat> I know that you've got mostly men that are listening to this, but there's some really good videos uh, actually, on Actually, no. That. You know, it's, oh, actually, it's more women. Really? It's more women. Shut the front door. That's fantastic. Really, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow, that's amazing. Well, and you so, know what, guys are you know this? Guys are hard to yeah. get to. So as we grow, as we build, and guys don't like to be told they, they don't want to think they're being told what to do. But this is a conversation. Yeah. They're not being told what to do. But women are much more open on this stuff, and yes. the hope yeah. is that you know everybody holds hands and comes along with it. But we'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I wish I had known that, man, because. I would have made sure that some of my conversation would have targeted the ladies a little bit better. Well, so I think England, talking about yeah. the guys is important because even yeah. if it's more more women listening, I think similar to my book, The Guys, Guys, Guys mm-hmm. to Love, it's a peek behind yeah. the tent. Women are always very interested in what's going on in the minds of men. And I always like to say, you know, it's not that it's not that it's not as mysterious as you're making it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, whatever. But go ahead. Well, you know what? Let me add one piece to that. One of the things that if you want the insight into a man's mind, he really he wants two things. He wants to be the hero, right? And he wants to be not just the hero in the woman's life, right? But he wants to be the hero in his friends' lives. Like he wants his friends to look up to him, right? And then he so he wants to be strong. And he wants to be looked up to. And then he wants to be able to turn around and give back. He wants to provide. Men want to protect and they want to provide. And if we're given that opportunity, um, that really is very um, satisfying for us. And one of the reasons we love femininity so, so much is because all day long we're pushing. As men, we push on the world. All day long we have a, a bit of rough edge. All day long we're looking at other men and other men are looking at us, right? There's competition. We're always like aware. 
like in women, you know, and people may say, no, 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 men aren't aware of what's going on because they're not worried and afraid of their life. And that's, there's some truth to that. But men are also aware of like where there could be potential, um, like a potential fight. Women are aware, yeah. are aware of what could happen to them, right? Men are aware of what the other men are doing and how the other men are showing up and where we sit on that hierarchy, right? So we know if we need to defend ourselves. Uh, and, and it's sort of women do the same thing, but women are, it's a little more dangerous. But if, if the ladies can simply make their men feel loved and nurtured, um, often a, a guy's guy will be so appreciative that he'll want to give back to you. It's just this beautiful uh, reciprocity. Um, and so anyway, back to how they can find me. PJsWisdom.com, EngagedInOneYear.com. Um, and if you, if you go to engagedinoneyear.com and you sign up for the four free videos, there's some amazing videos there. And also, if anybody really wants to connect with me personally, um, Robert, I'll give you a link that they can actually sign up for a 20-minute telephone call with me where we'll just get on the phone and we'll chat about where you are in your life and what, you know, what's not working and what is working and how we can refine it for you even better. Is that fair? Okay. That's perfect. Okay. Um, so listen, thank you so much, PJ. I enjoyed it. It was worth the wait. Uh, you know, sometimes when you reschedule, it turns out to be a good thing. And I look forward to part two. And I promise I'll be getting back to you uh, within the next day on, on that because I have some ideas. And um, listen, all the best. And thanks for your wisdom, PJ's wisdom. And uh, we'll talk soon, brother. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you. And um, your audience, they must be some of the best people out there because um, I really love your message, Robert. You keep it up, brother, because you're making the world a better place. All right. Thank you. You too, my friend. Thanks. Okay. Our special guest, PJ Dixon. And as I said, um, I think he's terrific and uh, doing some great things. And he's a guy's guy. And uh, we're going to get him back on the show. So in the meantime, let's take a very quick break. And then I'm going to do the guy's guy's guide. And then we'll uh, wrap it. So quick break. Okay, we're back. And uh, as I mentioned, I do a guy's guy's guide feature. And it's usually part of uh, my, uh, it's kind of a tweak uh, and a uh, promotion for my blog. And uh, this week I'll be writing about uh, things that are worth investing in. Um, so let's go through them quickly. So if you're a guy, uh, it's so easy to like piss your money away. Let's just put it that way. Um, and you buy stuff and you throw it away. And there's certain things though that you want to go for quality. And uh, let me give you a list of things that they're worth buying. If you can, in any instance, if you ever can get to the point where you're not renting and you can put down, scrape together the money to put down something for real estate, do it. It'll get you on a path of financial security um, uh, going forward. Do that. Um, secondly, uh, if you can um, buy a good watch, um, buy a good watch. It's something um, that you can keep for a long time and um, – it's a great investment. Instead of having 10 watches, like have a good watch and have a casual watch. And people will notice your watch. I get compliments all the time. I, I actually worked in an, an ad agency and uh, I ran the Bacardi account and the guy next to me ran the Mont Blanc account. We used to trade rum for uh, watch, watch deals. And I got a couple of Mont Blanc watches and they're beautiful and I got a great deal and I wear them all the time still to this day. And that's over 20 years ago. So uh, having a good watch is a good investment. Same thing, no matter what your job is, 
you got to have a good suit, navy blue, charcoal, black, whatever, dark color that makes you look good. You'll find it. There'll be occasions where you need a suit. And if you're uh, somebody who gets around a lot, it's not a bad idea to consider investing in a tuxedo. Uh, I bought one years ago and I still have it and I pull it out and it's got a, a, a waistline that you can play around with. So if you lose some weight or gain some weight, it always works and the shoulders still fit perfectly. That was a great investment. And, uh, you know, what I paid for it when I bought it worth, worth versus what I pay now um, is, you know, huge difference. Plus, I probably got better quality than you get in a lot of stuff now. Um when you're buying wine, you know, if you're going to sit at home and, you know, if you like to have a glass of wine every night, you can, uh, you know, hey, go to Trader Joe's, buy their organic wines. Um, you know, you pay six bucks. But if you want to, once in a while, you got to buy a good bottle of wine. And um, I love California wines, but th- what I've been reading is they have a lot of problem with the pesticides being sprayed on the grapes. So I have now started to look beyond California. And uh, depending on the type of wine, I go to a different country. Uh, to, to buy those wines. But every once in a while, you want to buy good wine. Also, with spirits, don't buy Joe Blow's vodka, even though a lot of vodkas are the same, or, or tequilas. Buy, buy something good. Don't drink as much, but drink quality if you do drink. Uh, same thing with food. Pay a little more. Go organic. It's worth the investment. If you're going to get a car, you get some old rattle box, and I've been there where I've kept the car too long, and they just start breaking down, and then they break down, and they break down, and you ended up you end up pumping a lot of money into something that has diminishing returns. It's better to get a good car. Same thing with a, a dentist. Um, I always believe in first class ride for my teeth. Your oral health is very connected to the health throughout your body, particularly with, you know, plaque goes into your system, et cetera. You want a good dentist and you want a good dental hygienist. I believe I have the best in New York city. It costs me a little more, but you know what? It's worth it because it's a tipping point, the tip of the spear for your health in a lot of ways. Um, and then uh, if you do get married, uh, get a decent wedding band. I got a platinum one. It really looks good. My wife picked it out and um, she made it fat enough so people would know I'm married. So <laughs> I don't wear it every day because I'm afraid of losing it, but usually I wear it and um, it's a good one. And I really like the way it looks and uh, it's timeless. So those are some of the things that you want to, you know, you want to spend a little bit more money on um, because it's worthwhile investment and it's a statement. Um, so think about that. Uh, that that's kind of uh, how the guys guys roll. So anyhow, that's uh, that's basically, you know, the top line in terms of things to investment. Let me tell you a little bit about our show. We're going to be back on Wednesday and our uh, special guest is an author, Kavintha M. Chananian. MD, and she's written a book about um, that's yoga based and uh, about health and uh, the Shakti system. And uh, we're going to have her on Wednesday night. And then we've got a psychic, a fantastic psychic, Marlon Freeze. Marla Freeze is going to come on. And then we've just got, uh, I'm booked uh, through January now. So, and I can't wait. And I'm actually thinking about maybe I should do blog, uh, Guys Guys Radio twice a week, Wednesday and Sunday. So I'll be thinking about that. If you have some thoughts on it, hit me up on Facebook and let me know. But anyhow, that's our, first, our show for this evening. I really appreciate being here. And uh, as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.